Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we begin the Silver King's letters, dearest ones, from July of 1945. Stanley is waiting, as he has been, for news about when he will ship home. The war has been over for two months in Europe. Things are quiet, and the men who remain in Europe are restless about how they will ship and when. And Stanley writes to his family from A72 in northern France on July 3rd, 1945. Dearest ones, I have four more of your letters and a package. The package was mailed June 12th. That's really fast. Thanks for the food. It surely will taste good later tonight. Tomorrow is your birthday, Dad. This will be a little late in reaching you, but please know my thoughts will be of you, wishing you a very, very happy birthday. I do hope it's a beautiful day for you as a beginner for a happy, healthy, and prosperous coming year. And I pray that this will be the last one you'll celebrate without your entire devoted family to help. Remember last year? We were out at Dave's farm having a wonderful time. I just wonder if you'll go out again this year. How I wish we could be together. Tomorrow will be a holiday for us, but that won't make it any different from the others. The training program has proved to be a farce, just as we expected. How anyone expected us to sit in a classroom after being in combat and wanting to go home so badly is far beyond me. Three men in the squadron left for the States this morning. They had the highest number of missions. So that clinches the deal as far as sending some home. This time it's definitely not a rumor. The only drawback is that 12 men were scheduled to go, but were scratched due to the lack of transportation facilities. That puts me down to 19th on the list, so it appears as though it will be a slow process. Nonetheless, I still feel confident that within three months the problem will be solved, and I'll be on my way. October will be a good month to get back. I'll be able to wear my winter clothes, which will be a big saving as I would have to buy all new summer clothes. Also, I'll be able to see some football games. What a thrill that will be. All day I do nothing but dream of being home. How strange it will seem, but how good it will be. I wonder if you'll notice any changes in me. I hope you won't. I'm sorry you have so much to do with Ida not there since you're busy with the dentist. I do hope her husband is better and she is back now and that you will soon be through with the dentist. How is Dad liking your cooking? So you're going back to Chicago. 
seems as though you just returned. It will be nice for you to be there for Richie's birthday. It should be a big celebration now that he has become such a big boy. Sounds like everyone there is traveling. Don't they know there is no place like home? One of the fellows gave me the picture enclosed. I think maybe you'll get a laugh out of it. When he pointed the camera at me, I thought he was kidding. Perhaps I should have saved it for my enemies. No more news for now. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Don't be too lonesome. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley continues to report good news regarding the mail, the arrival of the essential goods, Melva toast and lobster and crab meat, means that the evening snacks will be extensive. There is more news as well regarding the protocols for the return home, and Stanley writing to celebrate his father's birthday calculates that it might be three months and that October will be a good month to return to the States. As he writes to his family on July 5, 1945, from A72, Dearest ones, thanks for your very sweet letter of June 25th. I'm so glad your tooth has finally been pulled and you didn't suffer too much. Perhaps now you won't have any more trouble. I'm glad you agreed with my idea of going to New Orleans. If it could be like I have planned it in my mind, we would have a marvelous time. Now you'll have to talk to Leona and Lee about going. They will have to go along for it to be a perfect event because they are included in my plans. I haven't written them about it yet, so let me know what they think of it. I haven't received the cap yet, but I'm looking forward to it. There should be plenty of boxes on the way. I can hardly wait for the dill pickles. Thank goodness Ida is back. Now you won't have to work so hard and begin taking it easy again. I'm glad her husband is better. No more steps have been taken since three men left. However, the rumor has it more will be moved out within a week. I won't be among the next group to leave, and whether I am in the second group will depend on how many men are put on the orders. In the meantime, I can only hope for the best and look forward to your letters. Yesterday was a quiet day. I sat around the club playing cards and talking about the states. That's usually my schedule for every day. It's indeed a dull life. You must forgive this short letter. It's late and there really isn't much news. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you. Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, remains optimistic about the way things are shaping up for his departure to the States. It's not clear precisely when, but he's feeling better about that and, of course, continues to await the latest shipment of dill pickles as he writes to his family from A72 in northern France on July 8th, 
1945. Dearest ones, it has been a lazy day, but receiving two letters from you tonight has made it a perfect one. I also received one yesterday. You've been so very sweet about writing since I left, and believe me, it has been a comfort. I should always be grateful to you for your thoughtfulness. Well, you've read about the Ninth Air Force being redeployed, and I'm afraid you've become unnecessarily excited. It's true, part of the Air Force is being, but fortunately I'm not in that part. The groups going to the States and elsewhere consist solely of fighters and fighter bombers. Consequently, my being in a medium outfit does not include me in the redeployment, which is just as well. I'm sorry you had to become so overwhelmed. I should have warned you, because now you'll probably be disappointed. And as another point of information, where did you get the idea that a furlough to the States was only for the asking? I well realize it's difficult for you to grasp the operations of the Army, but still, you must see the illogical reasoning of this. Why, if it were true, there would be no problem at all. So, discard that from your mind right now. However, as a morale booster, I can pass along a little information. Two more fellows are leaving tomorrow for home. Not as many as I would like to see go, but everyone helps a little. It puts me a little higher on the list. Now there are only 17 ahead of me. Only transportation facilities will depend on the length of time it takes before they reach me. More and more I think of being home. Every time you write little things like seeing Jane at the club, I feel a sting of nostalgia and want to be there so badly. I'm terribly sorry about Max Burke's mother passing away. Please extend my condolences. I wish you too could go away someplace like everyone else. A good vacation would do you a world good, and you can escape all the heat. Maybe when I get home, we can go away together to some place where all of us can get a good rest. I'm not surprised at Marvin Warner becoming a major. It seems that all the ground personnel, mostly the ones behind the desk, receive the high rank. I might be as high as I can go, but I'll always know within myself that I didn't fight the war from behind a desk while other guys were being killed. As you can see, I'm prejudiced, and rightly so. The cap hasn't arrived yet. The special mail must not mean any time-saving element. It will probably be here any day. I've enclosed another snapshot. It's a pretty good one, perhaps taken a little too far away. I'm trying to get the negative. I'll send it if I do. I'm sorry to hear about Bob Gottlieb being inducted. Sounds like a good indicator for Lee, though. I hope it isn't. Keep me informed about him. No more news for now. Oh, I just had a 
recount on the list of eligibles. I'm 13th instead of 17th, as I had thought. Keep your fingers crossed for me. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly. Hoping you're well. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley, as our hero, continues to write and reflect a remarkable ability to understand his mother's concern about everything she reads in the newspaper. And his approach really is quite nuanced for a 22-year-old man. His mother imagines the worst, and Stanley is explaining it as, well, slow down a minute, Mom, and let me explain it to you one more time. The Silver King, in uh, one of the very few obvious ways, he's commenting on the other men in the war effort and really explaining from his perspective that a lot of the ranking officers never left a desk, that while men on the ground were fighting hard in hand-to-hat combat, and he and his Air Corps brothers were flying missions to support all operations, that men on the home front might have received a better rank. But Stanley knows who the real warriors were. And we have reached the end of the first part of the Silver King's Letters, Dearest Ones, from July of 1945 in Europe. And you are listening to The Silver King's War. <laughs> 